Okay, wonderful. All right, everyone, happy Wednesday. Welcome to our third Measure Up session here. And today we are honored to have Tamara Hall, who is a community leader and a candidate for school board. So we're really excited to have her on here today. Um, we're gonna get started with Tamara. Just go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Talk to us about what, what it is that you're doing right now. Um, and we'll go from there. Cool, yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for having me, LaToya. I am truly honored to be a part of this Measure Up series. So I am a special education teacher and equity leader here in San Jose. I moved here from Modesto six years ago. And I, um, a year ago, decided that I wanted to run for San Jose Unified School Board. So I did the research. I um, figured out you know, what, what the logistics are, what the paperwork is had decided not to at the beginning of this year because of all that went down with COVID and everything. And, you know, everyone just had to focus on themselves. But then of course, with the br police brutality, killing of George Floyd um, and everyone, and then me getting into the community and being becoming more privy and understanding like how um, difficult it is for people here in San Jose and how brutal San Jose PD has been to the black and brown community. For me, I was just like, okay, this is something I thought of doing, but now I absolutely need to do it. So I decided um, in late June to, to actually get on the ballot. I knew I could do it. I knew I was gonna pass all the checks for it and I knew I could get the paperwork in in time. So I said, that's my front in this movement at this point in time. And hopefully I can use my candidacy to inspire all the other little black and brown girls out there um, and, you know, college students uh, to get involved as much as possible. That's awesome. Thank you. And I think like it's so refreshing to hear that, you know, the reasons that you're running for office is because you recognize the importance of stepping up, right? And like not shying away from that and thinking about what is my contribution to the movement and understanding that stepping up and, and being that representation for our community is important. So thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your courage and taking that leap because running for office, running a campaign, it's no easy feat. And then you're still juggling that with life. You know, you're, you're yeah. working, if you have a family, there's so many different elements to that. So, you know, really appreciate you for taking that stand. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and start talking a little bit about your campaign um, and just thinking about like, what is it that, you know, what, what are the reasons that you want to run for school or that you're running for school board in terms of what is it that you want to see change? What, what change do you feel you can influence at that table? Yeah, so there's many reasons why I'm running. It's also aligned with why I became a teacher in the first place. So I um, actually started with, out with Teach for America and I wanted to support students that were like me as a student when I was younger that felt like, where's my place in this school? How do I even feel like I'm connected to this school? This school doesn't seem like my community, right? Having all those questions and wonderings and just like really trying to figure yourself out. Me as an Afro-Latina growing up in a low-income background and then my parents moving us from one side of town to the other in hopes of a better quality education, we were totally taken, I was taken out of the community that you know I was brought up in, um, that my family lived in and um, just relocated. And in that community, I really realized that you know sometimes for me personally, 
the teachers didn't have my best interests at heart. And um, thankfully I didn't have a learning disability or severe social emotional um, discrepancies that impeded my learning. It definitely was a struggle having home responsibilities and wishing I could just stay at school and do things more than uh, having to go home and take care of my younger siblings. As the oldest of five, I, there were days I had to stay home to babysit them, which, you know, you most people never think that's even something a kid would have to do to take on adult responsibilities. But when you uh, have a huge family and both your parents are having to work all the time to support and put a, a roof over your head, it, it's really tough, right? And so the families in San Jose Unified are having to do the same thing. They've had to do the same thing for many years now. And um, there's multiple families in the homes. Uh, some parents, there's a language barrier. 40% of our families are, um, the students are English language learners. And so that means we know more than that, the parents are English language learners. And so there's a lack uh, of communication and when it comes to how we're connecting with them, how we're trying to um, get from San Jose school district to the parents and families, get points across or get input or help or offer resources. So my number one um, goal in my campaign is to offer a, communi a community accountability and accessibility to the parents and the families. So making sure we're having ongoing reaching out um, either by phone call, if we can do it in the community in person, but right now, of course, everything virtual. I'm currently having my TA3 Speaks, it's weekly at six on Tuesdays, where people are able to submit questions through a Google form and then I answer them live. Many people are emailing me or messaging me through social media as well. And then, you know, it's just, that's what we need to do as school board members. As a teacher, that's what I do. I have to meet the parents and the families where they're at. And as school board members, we have to do the same because like you just said, everyone is busy living their life and they have responsibilities. It's very, very hard for a family of you know, multiple people working, but also working all day. And it's hard for them to hold their students accountable. It's hard for them to know who can I ask for help from. And so if that person's not reaching out, if we don't have the school liaisons or parent liaisons reaching out as much as possible, um, then it's gonna be hard. And we need the teachers to, to have that opportunity as well, but they need more time to do it. And I think school board members really have an opportunity right now to step up and that's something I wanna do. In addition to that, my second goal is to promote equity district-wide. So we've got an equity um, person at the district who's working to, to make practices more equitable. However, I want it to be more structured. I think me as an equity leader at my school for my school district, you have to have teachers working together who are holding each other accountable, who can discuss and be honest and transparent about, well, what are the inequities? What are the injustices? What are the practices that we have that are pushing students or parents or families out of participating? And what are the barriers that are implicitly being built based off of racial bias, gender bias, you know, whatever it may be, um, ability bias. So like we, those are things that uh, in an, on an equity leadership team, teachers can really analyze with the help of a consultant or a personnel at the district or an outside person coming in to help um, them kind of reflect on themselves, but also reflect on the systems that they're operating in. And I think school leaders need that too. The principals, assistant principals, vice principals, school psychologists and counselors, they need that team to work together as well. So that way, when they are coming to the table to talk with the district leaders, 
they're saying, well, this is gonna affect these students. And I know why, because we've talked about this in our meetings, or here's our feedback on this policy. It's not working for our students. It's not working for our families and here's why. So we need that more structured equitable um, equity in practice. And I think that's, I think can happen at any time. And I, I, I have the experience in it. I know who to um, look to for guidance. And I think we can definitely get that started. In addition to that, my last goal would be to promote um, basically maintain, promote student success by maintaining and expanding any ethnic studies curriculums that are out there, but also supporting teachers in doing that because right now as a teacher, I need more time. Like I'm stressed out even this day, just like, okay, I have to get grades in. Okay, I need to call this parent. Oh, I have a meeting after school. I have to prepare for that. Teachers are constantly being inundated right now because it's a lot easier to access them through email or phone or whatever it may be, or just hop on a Zoom, but we need to allow teachers the time and the space to actually work together multiple brains. <laughs> like, so for, I think we need professional learning communities where teachers are getting together guidance from the Santa Clara County of Office of Education on how to embed social emotional learning practices and strategies into their curriculum, into their classes, um, how uh, school districts can do it in their um, their school, even virtually having like an, an all student meeting to, you know, listen to a song or watch a video or do some guided yoga, whatever it may be. Um, I do guided meditation and guided yoga in my class. I weekly I have my students get together to play a math uh, tournament through the, uh, on this online platform that our district pays for. There's all sorts of ways to kind of build culture, but the teachers need time to figure out what it is they need to do. Um, and they need time to work with other people so they can collaborate on, you know, it's some of us are running low on creativity, so we need more brains working together. And I think if we can partner with like Santa Clara County Office of Education, um, Ethnic Studies Initiative, which I'm also on that, um, uh, committee as well. So if we're getting their guidance to implement more culturally responsive um, practices into our lessons, all grade levels, all disciplines, working together, teachers by grade level, um, and just understanding, well, here's my lesson, but how can I highlight leaders in the community? How can I highlight um, and celebrate people that look like the students I'm teaching? Um, how can I make sure that my students feel that they're empowered and can do more research on a topic based off of um, how they identify? So just really thinking about what's the world around my students right now? What should I be teaching in relation to the topic, of course, but also where we're at geographically? Uh, I'm going from there. So we had Hispanic Heritage Month that ended on the 15th, September 15th to October 15th, you know, Teachers can definitely highlight Hispanic heroes and um, people in the in the um, their communities now that are you know living, but also in the past to help them teach subjects. And I think that is something that teachers just need time and guidance to do. And I think that can promote student success. That can help with engagement. That can help with making helping students feel like they have a a place at school. That they education is something that they can be a part of um, in the making of it and um, that they can be change makers in their own communities, just like the people that we wanna present in front of them in an ethnic studies embedded lesson. So all in all, a, a community accountability and accessibility, 
equity in practice, and then student success. That's awesome. And thank you. And thanks for breaking that down like that and giving context around the why these are your priorities. Uh, I think your experience is really, um, it, it's, I think it's part of the strength of this campaign and why I think you'd be a great, um, a great representation on our school board. You're in there, you know, you know, uh, you know where the gaps are, you know where the strengths are, you have an understanding of why it's important to partner and collaborate. Um, and it also, uh, you're educated and, and well-versed in the terminology. Um, when, uh, like just hearing you talk about culturally responsive teaching, um, in my education career, I've been faced with many situations where I've brought up that um, culturally responsive teaching and the response has been like fear because there's an assumption that it means like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm racist or you're calling me racist or you're implying racism, right? But like, having an understanding of what that actually means and thinking about the communities that we serve and how we can best serve them being inclusive and celebratory about their about the many different identities i think that's what you know that's what you're talking about and it's mm -hmm. just again like i said earlier just really refreshing to hear these and these are the kinds of ideas that we need at the table at school and school board so um thanks for your leadership uh so we're gonna move on and talk a little bit about um, the ballot. You know, I know we've got a lot of propositions on the ballot right now that are causing a lot of controversy. I actually am excited about this ballot because it, this is one of those ballots where it's like, we have an opportunity to really move forward and create real social change here. Um, I think more than we, a bigger opportunity than we've had in the past when it comes to local propositions and, and measures um, and bills. Uh, I know Assemblymember Ashkawara led the way in passing the Racial Justice Act. That was huge, right, for our, our criminal justice system. Um, and then now, you know, we have some, some propositions on the ballot where there are full-on statewide campaigns taking place around these propositions. So I just want to ask you, are there any propositions that stick out to you that you're passionate about, that you want to talk about, you want to encourage folks um, in terms of how they should vote? Definitely, yeah. So being a teacher, um, I I definitely, um, as soon as I heard about Prop 15, I was like, okay, I need to educate myself on this. Um, I also have a degree in economics. So when I think about uh, how can we fund programs and how can we make sure that we're uh, keeping our schools um, funded with resources, but also investing in our communities. I think about, we definitely need to see what are those loopholes that are out there that um, you know we can capitalize on. And I think Proposition 15 definitely does that by eliminating the loophole for corporations where they haven't been paying taxes uh, that are proportionate to the taxes that homeowners are paying. That's not fair. And I think that's definitely something you know, everyone needs to get educated on Prop 15. Um, it will bring $1.1 billion into the Santa Clara County schools. And I think that's something that we need, especially with all the high tech companies that are around that have been popping up in the last few years. They're making, they're, you know, not really doing their part, right? And we can actually benefit if they put this money into uh, the tax system schools will get more money because of they have money money that's available through the general fund of california and we will get allotted more money for resources to retain qualified teachers 
to support families in, in schools. And I think that's something we definitely need. And so I'm really happy actually to see that on the ballot uh, this November 3rd. Um, in addition to that, Proposition 16 uh, for affirmative action. So lifting the ban on affirmative action is what it would do. And I think that, uh, you know, that makes sense to me, but I also see that there's a huge uh, um, push to actually say no to Prop 16. For some, it's because they think it's going to um, divide people, right? That they think that when we're saying that we want um, race and gender to be in consideration of hiring, people are thinking, well, that means that we could consider that to not hire people, but that actually is not what it's gonna do. Um, so based off of federal regulations you, um, and the constitu federal constitution, you cannot do that. So what Proposition 16 does is what it allows um, organizations and institutions and corporations to, um, a, to take into account race and gender um, that are favorably um, allowing to hire someone. So, you know, you, you can only do it if you're wanting to hire someone for that reason, not if you're wanting to let someone go or wanting to um, not consider somebody. So um, it would still be illegal if someone did it, um, did take someone's race or gender into account if they didn't want to hire them, of course. But this allows for us to have more diverse um, career fields, more diverse uh, institutions, more representation at the table. For me as an Afro-Latina teacher, when I think about all of the teachers out there, almost half of them are white, right? When I grew up in the K through 12 system, I never had one black teacher at all. And there was one at my elementary school, but I didn't have her because I was too old at, by that grade. And then there was one in my high school, but I didn't have her either. I had one Hispanic teacher and one Asian teacher, and I loved those teachers. They, you know, they knew a little bit more. They were more culturally responsive, but also they had a different upbringing to where they knew they had to be empathetic to their students, right? So when it, it deal, when we're thinking about bringing representation to the table, we want multiple races, but we want it proportionate to the uh, demographics of the students that we're serving. It needs to be. But there also is a lot of data out there that promotes that having black teachers in schools will increase student success and performance. So we need to um, have Proposition 13 so that we, we can consider more people in our hiring practices and really give them the opportunity to get to the table, to get um, into the fields, to uh, get into positions of power. And it, it's something that for me, I, I had to go to school for so many years to do, uh, you know, bust my butt, still am. And it would have been a lot easier if we had something like this in place. And I think once we do, um, it'll be easier, but also it'll just allow people to get their foot in the door because the racial bias is what's limiting them to get in the door to begin with. So we need the affirmative action to so people can put their guard down when they think, well, this person identifies as this race or gender. I don't know if that's going to really do it. We can't have someone as, you know, they might say emotional or um, as committed to their family, uh, you know, some kind of uh, euphemism for what they really mean. We really, we just need people to say, you know what, it's okay. We need more representation and we're going to give them a chance. Um, and because that's what we, in order for us to show the children that are upcoming, the, the teenagers and the college students that we, um, 
are trying to, um, you know, prepare for the future. In order for us to show them that they can actually be in these positions of power, we need people of color and women in positions of power. Um, so it, it, that's the way it works. If you can see someone you look up to and um, uh, being a change maker in their uh, own community or um, living their life to the fullest, whatever it may be, following their passion, then you're definitely going to have that motivation and influence to do the same. And I think that's what will help us have um, a very thriving future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Thanks for breaking down those propositions for us. And again, giving context. Like I love, I could listen to you talk all day and you are really educating us. And, you know, there are students that are, that are listening to this too. So I think that all of this context really helps. It really does. Um, especially because some students are going back and they're the ones breaking down some of this stuff to their parents and helping them figure out how to vote. Then we have our, you know, our seniors in high school that are voting. And this is, this is going to be the first time that they've ever even had to analyze propositions and think about how local policy impacts them in their communities. So, you know, really appreciate it. So Tamara, before we close out, is there anything, um, any, anything that else that you want to say, any final words that you want to leave with the youth, the community? Um, yeah, go ahead, take it away. Definitely. So, I mean, as a teacher, I became a teacher like I mentioned before, because I wanted to support students in high need, but also I understand the impact that a student that is 12 to 18, how much a, a, an, an adult can have on them. So I'm definitely trying to be an adult ally to the youth right now. And I want to make sure that they know that there are people, there are organizations, there are resources out there to help them get involved, to get help, to keep them engaged in this political system. It's not just until the election, November 3rd. It's, you know, it should be your whole life. We, if you want things to be right, if you wanna, you know, tackle injustices, you really, we're gonna have to work our whole, whole life towards it, but it's okay if you start small now, right? So definitely look um, out and find out what the resources are out there, what the community organizations are um, around where you live, uh, get tapped into all the different, um, movements that are going on. I know that rallies is a tough thing right now and people want to go to rallies, but sometimes you have to consider your, your safety, right? And your health. So what else can you do? You know, get on um, your social medias. You can uh, read some books or audiobooks. I know the kids don't all love to read, but definitely watch videos, educate yourself, um, listen to podcasts like <laughs> Latoya's and uh, figure out, you know, what is your passion right now? Um, who are you? How do you identify? And definitely um, try to just, you know, in line with what you want to do in your life, what can you do to prop up other people? It can be friends. It can be family members. Just really think about that. And for me, I actually started an organization called Teachers Empowering Youth Activists. So we are um, creating a network of teachers, community members, and parents who are then going to help uh, students, K or not K, sorry, students 12 through um, 18 to prepare positive community impact projects. You're going to, you'll do things like, um, community assess needs assessments, you'll ha have focus groups to figure out what are the um, actual concerns of your school, 
of the people in your neighborhood, of the people um, who identify similar as you. So that's something that I'm doing with my colleagues. And you might want to think about, hmm, what are the other organizations out there that are going to help empower me? You know, find out those things. But also, if you can volunteer for anything, especially um, as it's coming down to the November 3rd ballot, see what you can do to promote awareness or educate people around the election as much as possible. And um, definitely re reach out to me. Um, so you, we're at Taya San Jose. Um, at gmail.com if you are want to get involved. Awesome. Thank you. And I was just going to ask, are there, how do we connect with you? Can you drop your social media handles for us? Yeah, for sure. So um, you can find us Taya, T-E-Y-A-S-J on Instagram, and then TayaSanJose.org, our website. And for me as a candidate, um, Hall4SJUSD on Facebook, um, Instagram and Twitter and my um, website votetomorrowhall.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. We're going to go ahead and get this information out to the people um, and it'll be great. So thanks, Tamara. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, San Jose Unified, make sure y'all check her out. You vote for her. She's the best. We need that representation in there. She just gave you all the reasons why. Let's get it done, y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Latoya.